Welcome back to the show. And on the show today, I've got WTVM Sports Director Jonathan Hoppy. Jonathan, welcome back to the show. Hey, Richard. Great to be back on. You've had quite a few guests, and I'm happy to be a returning guest. I think that's that's always good when you get invited back. So uh, I appreciate what you do. I appreciate your show, and uh, we need as much coverage as possible here in the Chattahoochee Valley. So even though we all work for different teams, I'd like to think we're all on the same team here just trying to highlight all the good that's going on here in this area. And there is a lot of good going on here in the Chattahoochee Valley. I mean, we have the professional sports teams going on, the Columbus River Dragons, the Columbus Rapids. I know that you stay busy because not only are you covering the Columbus area with high school basketball and National Signing Day, but we also have Auburn basketball, Auburn gymnastics. We cover Alabama basketball and Georgia basketball. It seems like, I mean, no, I know it's easy to cover high school football, but once football season ends, you and Tony at WTVM, I mean, you guys really have uh, your hands full with all these other sporting events going on. This is such a unique market, Richard, and I think mainly because it's it's a two-state market, right? So that changes the dynamic of things. But there's always stuff going on. We've said for years that this is a place where you're never going to wake up and say, what am I going to talk about today? Which is a blessing and a curse because it keeps you busy. But that's what we like. We love to be busy. And it's funny. Everyone always says that football season is is busy, busy, busy. And trust me, it is, as you know as well. But this is a time of year, February into March, where we're coming up on the basketball playoffs. Hell, CSU baseball just started up this past weekend. So there is a lot to discuss in terms of sports around here. And this is one of the busier stretches of the year. This this basketball stretch, the AISA completing its season this week. The area tournaments getting underway in Alabama. Region tournaments not too far off in Georgia. So this is basketball heavy right now, and and that's good because these student athletes deserve the spotlight, and we do our best to put them in it. You are right, Jonathan. The AISA state playoffs are starting this week. You have region tournaments in Alabama, and then in Georgia. This is the final regular season in Georgia. I know that I had the privilege of being the public address announcer for uh, Sean Hardaway uh, last Friday night. They've asked me to – return for senior night so friday right. night is the final regular season game and then we got to area tournament i want to start with georgia jonathan because there are some very talented teams on the boys side and the girls side that i think they could win a state title right now first of all the spencer green wave going from 4a to 2a i think the path is a lot easier for spencer to repeat Spencer's a team that's sort of flown under the radar this season, if possible, just because we saw what they accomplished last year. They got over the hump. They won that championship, a historic run for the Green Wave. And now that was sort of the expectation coming in. And Richard, why wouldn't it be, right? With Tony Montgomery, Tyson McDaniel, just to name a couple of those guys, they are stars. Tony Montgomery's just a sophomore. He's one of the best guards I would say, in the entire 2A classification. So looking at Spencer, yeah, you feel like they've got a really good shot to repeat, and they're just so fun to watch. I think that's where it starts and ends with Columbus boys basketball. That Spencer team, 
even with a coaching change and, and some some losses of some key players uh, that were on that championship team, they're in a great spot. So you said it best. I, I'm looking forward to covering that Spencer run. And we always love when teams can be representing this area in Macon. And you said it, they've got a good shot to do so. On the girls' side, how about Hardaway? You know, it, it's been north side girls that have gotten most of the pub here for the past couple of years. Well, the Hardaway girls are are right there with them, and they play some really good basketball, uh, undefeated, I believe, in region play. So they're another team that's going to have a great shot, and that's something you love to see. Yes, you're right, Jonathan. I had the privilege of seeing the Hardaway girls Friday night. Uh, Coach Kelly Ellison has done a great job, and then they turn around and they host a game against Bainbridge. So they had a back-to-back on Friday and Saturday as they get ready for region play. And you you talk about girls basketball, you talk about Carver, how they've won the state titles. And Carver and Hardaway, when they were both in Region 4, they were battling against each other. Now that Carver has moved down in the reclassification, I think that Hardaway has a pretty good shot at making the state tournament and uh, winning the state championship. And I think that Carver is one of those teams that could win a state championship and really, on the boys' side, I forgot to mention about St. Ampicelli going to the GIAA. I think that what head coach Corey Black is doing over there, I think they can compete for a state championship. No doubt. You got to really appreciate Corey Black, the GIAA. And, and the good news is, is that Brookstone and Pacelli moving to that organization allows their athletes to compete for state titles. And we've seen a number of those, whether it was the cross-country team with Pacelli, You've got the Brookstone swimming team that actually just won a championship uh, this past week. So the competition is not quite as steep in terms of volume as it is in the GHSA. Just so many schools and so many big schools from the Atlanta area. That always seemed to be the issue. But specifically with these Hardaway girls, you know, Michaela Johnson here is a star. And that's a player that you've really got to watch out for uh, actually um, the sister of Michael Williams and same father there with John Johnson. And she is a young player for Hardaway. And I follow John Johnson on Twitter. He's always posting about her and she is putting up numbers week in and week out. So this could be a Hardaway team that's trying to take the throne from Carver, right? It's always Carver, Carver, Carver. Well, Northside and Hardaway both feel pretty good about themselves. Uh, Northside knocking off Hardaway earlier in this season. You know, Carver still appears to be the team to beat, right? They won the City city Christmas Tournament uh, late last year. But there's some serious competition, I'd say more so than on the boys' side in terms of who the best team is in this city. All right, Jonathan, let's talk about East Alabama because right now there is only one perfect team out there. And the Valley Rams oh, yeah. under head coach Marshawn Harper, 27 and 0. You know, they beat Callaway on Saturday. And you know, it was a beat, close one. Oh, it was a very close game. A Valley, a perfect record in the regular season. They beat their two biggest rivals. They beat Lafayette, who's going to, you know, close their doors as a school. And then they beat Lynette. 27 and 0. Coach Harper has got a juggernaut at Valley, and it starts with the Dooley brothers, Denial Dooley and Cam Dooley. I think Valley can win a state title for 5A. Gosh, I would hope so, right? After an undefeated regular season, I don't see why that could not translate to this coming 
area tournament and then the state, you know, regional and, and, and final four. I hope so. Valley is always such a fun team to watch, but really Richard, just think about that. They're undefeated. They have not lost all season 27 and Oh, and we've been up there. I know other outlets have done stories on them. Why wouldn't you? They're the story of the season so far unbeaten they're just so cool, calm, and collected. I think that's what you got to say about Coach Harper's team. And, you know, our guy Tony Reese went up and did a story, and he came back, and he was like, yeah, I think one of the main things is they're trying to get that bad taste out of their mouth. And I'm like, bad taste? Weren't they pretty good last year? And we looked it up, and, and they were pretty good, but that wasn't the standard that they were trying to meet. The standard is apparently going undefeated. So I think you got to give a lot of uh, credit to them for raising the bar and not accepting just okay, pretty solid. They're a great team, and uh, we'll be tracking them all the way. Certainly have a great shot to win a state championship. What a story that would be, Richard. What if they go undefeated and finish it off in Birmingham uh, with a blue map? You can't take that away from them. They they would have a perfect season, and that they can – that could go with them for the rest of their lives, and it's such a great story. Mm. I've been trying to get Coach Harper on my show. I think it, it would be a great interview, and uh, Valley, they've really been doing a great job over in East Alabama. Another team that I want to talk about, really, it's a player. Central has got a freshman phenom by the name of Jabria Lindsay, who's averaging 23 points a game. I know that Coach Hauser at Columbus State has taken note. I think that a school like UConn or South Carolina will probably recruit her, but I know that uh, she is being heavily recruited as a freshman right now for Central. Yeah, Central is going to be hosting the area tournament. Uh, what can you say about Coach Wright? Just consistently getting those ladies ready to go and getting them to the regional tournament consistently over there in Montgomery. Now, I've actually heard that the 7As are going to play in Birmingham this year for the regionals. I have not been able to confirm that myself. I was talking to Jack Patterson over at WRBL about that, and we were discussing what a difference that would be in terms of travel and just logistically would be difficult for, for everybody. So I, I'm hoping that's not the case, but Jack's usually got pretty good info and that could change things a little bit in terms of travel for them and whatnot. But bottom line is they've got the players and the staff to potentially make a deep run and try to get back to the final four, which would be in Birmingham anyway. So Central's been a fun team to watch. There, there's a lot of standouts. The The Auburn boys had a really fast start to the year, and then I saw that they lost at Smith Station. You know, sure, not the biggest deal you know, you lose a game that's going to happen every now and then. will be interesting to see if they can rekindle that hot streak that they went on to start the year uh, to try to close out strong. Because as you know, all that matters is how do you play now? Anything can happen in these basketball tournaments when it's just one and done. You know, the area tournament, you get a little bit of a, a wiggle room, right? Because you can still make it if you don't win the area. Uh, but in terms of advancing and getting in the big show, you got to just keep on winning games. Jonathan, I really love this time of the year, especially this week. This is the season openers for high school baseball. And we have a lot of storylines. I, I really wish they had like a high school baseball media days because I would be intrigued. And I know I would be the first one in attendance. We got to talk about what Coach Donnie Branch is doing at LaGrange. 
What a Cinderella story last year, making it all the way to the state championship up in Rome, but losing to North Oconee, saved off elimination three separate times. I was in attendance at one of their games where it was an elimination game. Head coach Tanner Glisson, what he did at Troop County was incredible. And then you have the state champions, Calvary Christian, led by head coach Steve Smith, over in Central, Central winning a baseball championship. And also Northside and Columbus are always going to have great years. I've had head coach Michael Long Jr. on. I think that Carver is going to really surprise the people. You got a new head coach over at Russell County with head coach Tony Dimitri. Uh, Jonathan, I mean, are you intrigued by uh, high school baseball? And and I know that there's a lot of sports going on during this time, but uh, how much coverage are you guys going to try to uh, dedicate to high school baseball? Yeah, so with our staffing, it becomes difficult to spread the love to baseball this early in the season just because we're spread so thin on basketball and making those trips to Montgomery, making those trips to Birmingham. But I love baseball. The biggest reason I love it is because it's outside. Uh, Shooting the games with the camera, getting the highlights, it actually allows you to be pretty creative. It's kind of a fun task as opposed to some of the other sports that are a little more uniform, you can, you can get creative, but best of all, you can be outside and it's 75 degrees on, on good days, right here in the spring. I was outside today here recording this on a Monday. What a beautiful day we have out here. I think it's almost 70 degrees outside, not many clouds in the sky. If any, from the view I have right here sitting in my apartment that's why I love baseball, number one. But number two is there's there's so many good teams. You know, you've always got A.J. Kehoe. Well, not always, right? They just won that big state title, and they got over the hump. Um, and Coach Simo at Auburn, there's those two are always trading blows in 7A in Alabama. And you you feel like one of those will be there again this year. But it's it's also what you mentioned over in Georgia. It's it's who's gonna who's gonna step up and become that team that steals the storylines. And at this point, we don't know. I think Lagrange last year, what they did making it to the finals, they could do that again, or they could have lost a bunch of guys, and that might not happen again, or the chemistry just doesn't click. So, who in Georgia can make a serious threat? at a state championship. You like the teams you mentioned, LaGrange and Troop, but who in Columbus can Northside? I'm not sure who the new coach over there is yet, but I know they have a new coaching staff. I think they're going to be doing things a little bit differently. There's a lot of talent over there. Uh, So maybe they can bottle that up and make another deep run and maybe win a championship like they did a few years ago, but sure. Carver, Mike Long doing a great job there. Can he continue to build? Can they become more competitive? You know, there's all sorts of questions. And uh, you really got to shout out him to being named the game changer of the year. And that's a story that we covered earlier this year on WTBM. Mike Long has done such a good job to, to bring Carver baseball back a couple of years gone, of course, with that tragic accident and when the coach was was tragically killed. Um, and then you you get Mike Long to come back and pour into the program. And, and that's what you want to see. And mainly with athletics, you want to see kids get the opportunity. And Carver needs a baseball program and 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 they have one. So we'll certainly be watching them as well. Well Jonathan, one baseball game I'm penciling in. I'm hoping to be in attendance. February the 18th, St. Ampicelli is taking on Lee Scott Academy. 
the head coach for Lee Scott Academy is former Columbus resident and Atlanta Braves pitcher Tim Hudson. Where is that game, Richard? Oh, it's going to be at Pacelli. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's a that's a cool one. That that's a that's a really unique story. Seeing Tim Hudson, who's obviously coached with Auburn and all reports, you know, he's just such a down to earth guy. So to so, and I know he has family ties to the school. So to be able to be there with his family, and, and to coach the game he loves at a high school level, that that's what it's all about, right? To have the passion for the game and and just to want to continue to impact lives um, and more directly. So at the high school level with those young men, that'll be cool. And uh, you know, it'll be competitive too. Um, those are, that, that's a great cross state independent school uh, rivalry um, that, uh, you know, we'd love to see keep on going and uh, two teams that hope to be competitive in their own or uh, own leagues in terms of trying to win a title. All right, Jonathan, let's switch gears and talk about Columbus State basketball. The Cougars and Lady Cougars, they're trying to duplicate what they did last year, making it to the NCAA tournament for Division II. What head coach Robert Moore has had at, at the Cougars, you know, both teams getting wins at the Lumpkin Center this past weekend against Flagler. They go on the road, take it on Young Harris this Wednesday. But what Coach Hauser has got going for the Lady Cougars, he's got a very special player by the name of Amelia Tenbrock. And uh, she is one of their top leading scorers. And really, Coach Robert Moore has just got a balance attack with Nelson Haskin and uh, Daniel Melvin. I mean, he's got local guys. You know, Daniel Melvin played at Carver. And we talked about I, – I talked with Coach Moore and C Coach Hauser about how important it was to recruit Columbus. Now, they were – Coach Moore was at the Muskogee County Christmas Tournament because, you know, you could have – you could look at all these talented players like a Tyson McDaniel at Spencer – and try to recruit them to play for the Cougars and the Lady Cougars. Same with the, the girls as well. Yeah, I've seen Coach Moore around at many games. Um, he has been after quite a few local guys, and like you said, he's he's gotten some of them. But I really think the CSU conversation this year starts uh, with Coach Hauser and, and what that women's program has been able to do. I mean, when you look at them right now, they're tied for second. In terms of the Peach Belt standings, they've got a a thirteen and seven record overall. They've won three straight games. They've got Amelia Tenbrock who can shoot it from the outside. She can drive inside. She can be kind of a point forward. And then Alana Rawls. I mean, how good is she on the outside with with making plays? And that's a really deadly one two punch they have. And I think it's a big reason why they're tied for second in the peach belt. So th this is a, a team that could make some noise uh, in the peach belt tournament coming up. And, and frankly is expected to make some noise. Uh, so I'm looking forward to, to see what they can do. And they take care of business at home. They're seven and two at home. Uh, and that's something that they should be proud of. And we're going to see if that can carry over here, but they're getting hot. They've won three straight games. They're seven and five in the league uh, and they're taking care of business. And uh, hopefully they take care of business on Wednesday. And Jonathan, we've got to talk about Columbus State baseball. Congratulations to head coach Greg Appleton picking up his 900th victory. They took two out of three against West Alabama. Columbus State, who although they've lost their best top hitter, Robert Brooks, 
going all the way to the Super Regional and losing to the eventual D2 champion, North Greenville. What Columbus State was able to do in that doubleheader on Saturday, winning 11-0 and 12-0, they bounced back from losing to West Alabama on Friday. But Columbus State, they take on Albany State on Wednesday. They want to try to get off to a hot start. I think that Columbus State can duplicate what they did last year. I know the goal is to win the Peach Bell Conference. They lost to Young Harris last year, but because of their record, they got into the NCAA tournament. But uh, what do you think the expectations are for Columbus State and what Coach Greg Appleton has got there for the Cougars? Well, the expectations are always going to be high. you got a coach that's won 900 games, I believe over 1,000 in his entire career. So you look at Coach Greg Appleton, he's always talk about someone else that has local pro- local products on his teams. Uh, you mentioned there losing, uh, losing Robert was tough because he really was the heart and soul of that team from a spiritual standpoint, uh, a leadership. He, he, he was the guy that we would always talk to. He was the man. But you know what? They've still got Isaac Bouton batting leadoff, and uh, that is a really dangerous weapon. And they lost some other pieces in the middle of that lineup last year, too, but they've got Steven Minner back. He hit the first home run uh, in that game on Saturday that kind of broke them out of their slump. If you, <laughs> I hate to say that, right? Because, Richard, that shows how strong this program is when they lose the first game of a three-game series, the season opener, and you're like, whoa, what, you know, I'm not used to seeing this. But then they come back, take care of business, they win the series. As you know, that's what baseball is all about, winning a series. And that's what they did. So I think the expectations are high. I just think this team needs to form its own identity um, and start to figure out who they are. And that's what the first couple of months of the season are for. But yeah, no reason to think that this team can't be there at the end of the season ever since I've been here they've been there so as far as I'm concerned that's what's going to happen again this year and uh, I think they have the talent to do it they just got to rework a few things and like any team does that that replaces some key guys and figure out where that production is going to come from this year one of the most special things about being here in Columbus is for the first time since I could remember we have had four professional sports teams. The River Dragons are doing well, although they split the series with Danbury. They still have the best record in the Federal Prospects Hockey League. I think that the Columbus River Dragons, after reaching the Commissioner's Cup final last year but losing to Watertown in double overtime, they are looking for some payback. And really, the goal is for Boom Boom Bouchard and his squad is to get home ice. They have a mixture of veteran players. Jacob Kelly is leading the team with 28 goals, but they also have some promising rookies. Alex Storjahan and their uh, goaltender, Brendan Coolgan, are in contention for FPHL Rookie of the Year. The River Dragons, it's interesting. You, You just want them to be playing their best hockey at the end of the season. And I know I said that earlier about high school basketball. That's the case. And they started off so, so strong. And now they're running into a few losses and they're still playing good hockey. Don't get me wrong, but it's funny when you have a team that wins as many games as they did, I mean, two winning streaks in the double digits, they haven't won 10 games in a row. So you look at it a little bit differently, but from my perspective, I don't because I know what this team can do. You know, coach Jerome Bichard, he always says this team is so talented offensively. 
They have goal scorers everywhere, no matter if it's Storge Hand or anybody else. There are so many different guys that contribute. Josh Petrantonio, the captain, always there. Every night I go out there, Austin Doe, Jacob, somebody scoring goals. Uh, but I think the question for me with them is the goaltending. And Brendan Colgan has done a nice job for them. Uh, Christian Pavlos, he's in the mix now because we know that Bailey McBurney's not going to be there. You know, he's gone. So it's going to be up to Colgan and Pavlos. What can they do in the cage? And can they get the defense? Because, gosh, they can score goals with anybody. I mean, a couple of weeks ago, they scored 15 goals over a two-game series. That is that is going to get the job done. Uh, and, and they bring it. And you can't say enough, too, about this home crowd. They've had some nice crowds. I know uh, they've got Military Appreciation Night coming up here in a couple of weeks. So you'd expect the Civic Center will be packed, probably largest crowd of the season like it was last year. But So, yes, because of that, home ice is crucial, and we know last year they didn't have it, and that's what ultimately probably cost them uh, is, is not being able to be at home. I think at home they probably win. Uh, and, and we know they won a couple of years ago, but there was not as many teams competing. So they, they want to get this done again, uh, and they, they want to win another championship. All right, Jonathan, I got one more team to talk about, and then we will close this show. Uh, you knew I could not not talk about the Columbus Rapids. I mean, you know I announced for them, and so I'm not trying to be biased, but you know I'm a huge Columbus Rapids fan. I think what indoor soccer here in the Fountain City, something special – I was at Woodruff Farms Park uh, yesterday, and they have like 100 soccer fields. I mean, everybody in Columbus plays soccer. Word is getting out about the Columbus Rapids and just the phenomenon that the men's team and the women's team have become. Last week, they got the clean sweep over the Fayetteville Fury. The men's team defeated Fayetteville 7-0, and the women's team beat the Fayetteville Fury 4-2 thanks to a hat trick by Callie O'Connor. I think these two teams are just going to continue to compete. And if they get better, you know, you're going to have more fans come out to the Civic Center because watching indoor soccer, in my opinion, has really been a lot of fun. Yeah, Richard, that that's certainly a new sport in town. And I think people are, like you said, getting to know. I will say this, the organization has done a great job partnering with the youth organization's in Columbus. I know quite a few people who got out to the game. I think they had a deal with some of the soccer groups around here uh, to get the young kids out there, to get the families out there and just experience that that indoor soccer atmosphere. As someone who's around the team, I mean, what are realistic expectations in terms of where these teams could stand here come into the year? Well, you look at the two top teams on the men's side, the two top teams were uh, Memphis and Fayetteville, but the Columbus Rapids did defeat the defending uh, champions, the Fayetteville Fury. Uh, Tampa looks pretty strong, and I actually was watching Central Florida. That's another expansion team, and they beat Memphis in overtime, and so it's pretty balanced. I'm starting to see parity. On the women's side, the Memphis Americans are really the class standard because they won the championship last year, and they got a lot of their players coming back. I would say that both the men and the women's team are in the middle of the pack because you know, with the two expansion teams, we really don't know the talent, but we know that the playoff format in the NISL is going to change where only three out of the five teams make the playoffs. So that number one seed is going to get a bye, and then the number two is going to play the number three. The winner of that game plays in the NISL championship. 
that's going to be competitive. I know last year they they had to do sort of a, a weird format in terms of the playoffs. I think it was kind of a all-in-one type deal. Uh, but it sounds like this year it's a little bit different off. And, uh, yeah, I look forward to getting out to a game and seeing what the what the Rapids can bring. And then we got the Lions coming up, you know, albeit in a different league. It's still It's still a team around here that we want to see do well. So there's always something. And, oh, by the way, Chattahoots are, are sort of around the corner here. Uh, so never – Never a slow time in uh, the Columbus, Georgia area. Absolutely, Jonathan. I know that you and Tony just do an outstanding job at WTVM. Just keep up the good work. Just before I let you go, tell all my listeners where they could find you. Yeah, you can watch us every night. WTVM News Leader 9, the ABC affiliate here in the area. And then you can find me on Twitter. That's at J-A-H-O-P-23. And then Tony Reese, too, at Tony Reese TV. We've got Facebook pages as well. And we do our best to load all of our stories at WTVM.com slash sports. There's been a lot of good ones, Richard. Lochapoca's Anthony Edwards has won over 500 games as the girls basketball coach for the Indians. We've got the new Shaw coach where I saw you last week, Johnny Gardner. And boy, we're going to have much more this week, too. So, uh, a lot of fun. And I've had a lot of fun becoming a part of this community. And uh, I thank all of you for for giving me that chance and uh, look forward to keep on rolling here with my guy, Tony. And Jonathan, as a member of the media now, because I, I consider myself a member of the media, I've really had a privilege just getting to know you, getting to know Tony, Jack Patterson over at WRBL, Tyler Redman. I mean, you guys are just living the dream and covering sports here in Columbus, and also what Thrift Behringer and DJ Jones do for Sports Visions. I'm just so blessed that I'm really just a part of this brotherhood called the media in Columbus. Yeah, it's a great group, and I think on this topic, you know, we should mention, I know you've covered it too, Dave Plata being inducted into oh, the yes. Valley Sports Hall of Fame. Absolutely. I, you know, he's the godfather of all of this, and I got down here a couple of years ago and got to learn from him, and and I do my best to to work as hard as he would have because he covered everything. And that has really set the tone, not only for our station, but for WRBL. Um, and, and, and it's all about recognizing the local sports here. And while we have colleges, we've got an SEC school in market. There are so many high schools and that's, that's the bread and butter. Um, and then when we get to the college level, the best part is – when we go to the national championship, we can talk to local kids that are playing for the national championship. So that is what we focus on. And uh, you said it, Richard, it's great running into you guys. And, and even though we might have different outlets and, and, and become quote unquote competitors in some way, like I mentioned off the top, you know, for me, it, it's all about highlighting these kids and highlighting these stories. And this used to be a three station television market. And now uh, it's basically a two market, a two station market in terms of uh, folks that are allocated to sports. Um, so we just work extra hard to try to get as many of those stories told as possible. That, that's what it's all about. Jonathan, as always, thank you so much for being a guest here on the show. And uh, I'll, I'll look forward to seeing you out there at many of these sporting events as, as I'm not just covering Columbus Rapids, but I mean, you know, like you said, you saw me at the, the Shaw press conference for the new head coach and I'm, I'm pretty much covering high school basketball and, and high school baseball as well. 
Yeah, we love it. Keep on getting out there and doing your thing, and we'll see you around. All right. That was Jonathan Hoppy. He is the WTVM Sports Director, and he has taken time out of his busy schedule to join the show. We want to thank everybody who has been listening to an episode of the Sports Beat. Don't forget that you can follow us on Facebook or Twitter, or you could download the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Hope everybody has a great rest of your day, and we will talk to you tomorrow. Bye. You are listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge, broadcasted on WQEE 99.1 FM The Key from 2 to 3 p.m. Monday through Friday. This is a local podcast that covers Columbus sports and beyond. If you would like to hear more of this podcast, you can download us on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, or Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And I hope you have a great rest of your day.